if you take that a, a step further, he's a good father, he's good, he's generous, he's loving. And I think we talked about this in the evangelism series, and right after that I had talked to somebody, and they were giving me kind of these two obstacles for them coming to Christ. And if you really think about it, two of the biggest things that people bring up to you of why they don't want to come to Christ is, number one, they don't believe that God is real, or they don't believe that he's the one true God, so they don't believe, they don't believe he's good. That he, yeah, and then secondly is he's not good, right? So those are essential things for us as believers in our lives to believe about the Father. We have to believe that he is, right, that his character is true, that his word is true, that he is who he says he is, right, but he also that he's going to do what he said he's going to do, that he's a rewarder, that he's a good father, he's a generous giver. And when we believe those things, we can walk by faith and we can walk in faith. And like Pastor said, we can now be an example to other people when they're going through something, they're going to say, wow, I seen the way you walk through that. Can you help me? I need that in my life. Because we should be people of faith, right? Amen. And I have this bracelet on, and I've been leaving it on for the week because it's been so real. I mean, I think we're going to cover this later. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Amen. We're people of faith. No matter what's coming our way, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because he is who he says he is. And he's good. Amen. But we have to believe that. Amen. Yeah, but we have to believe that. We have to believe that. We can't, just, that we can't just carry around the T-shirt, yeah. wear the T-shirt, carry the bracelet, you know, put it on the back of our car. You got to believe it. So, so how do we prove that we believe something that God says? Let's go particularly with that scripture. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We, we walk it out. We take action on it. We speak it and we walk it out. We speak it, we, we would speak it. But we got to believe it. We walk it out. And obviously when you believe something in your heart, you're naturally going to just speak it out. Yeah, we need to take action on that. This afternoon. Believe it and take action on it. Earlier, earlier this afternoon, a couple of my grandkids were over the house. They were in a pool. Now this pool that we have now has got a diving board. I don't like diving boards, but it came with the house. So my grandkids' eyes lit up when they saw the diving, diving board. I'm like, calm down. Because there's no guarantee that thing's going to stay there, okay? <laughs> but now they, they all know how to swim, so it's, it's better. And the pool's deep enough now, so I don't have to worry about them, God forbid, getting hurt. So Rocco, who's I think seven, six, seven, gets on the diving board. He's got the basketball because we got him one of those hoop, basketball hoops. Uh, you know, you put it on the side of the pool when they can play there. So he gets up on the diving board, and he's, he's like, I can't do this. I let it go the first time. I, I, I can't do this. I said, Rocco, you can. you can. Stop saying you can't do this. I swear, if I wasn't there, I would have never believed what I saw. That kid from the diving board, which is 32 feet away from where the, the, the basketball hoop is, okay, gets on the diving board. I said to him, you believe that you can do this. Now stop saying you can't do this. Gets to the end of the, uh, gets it, jumps at the end of the diving board, shoots the hoop, the thing swoosh. <laughs> I went, and, and, he, and he dived in the water. He just let the ball go down. The, the ball went swoosh. Wow, no awesome. backboard, no rim. What do they used to say? Nothing but net? Yeah, right? And I, I'm, 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 I'm standing there going, if I wasn't here, I wouldn't have believed. Awesome. That kid got out of the pool like he was six feet tall. <laughs> But you see what I'm talking about? 
if you, you know, you can repeat and recite scriptures all day long, but if you don't believe what you're saying, Well, well, Pastor, I'm not convinced yet. It's faith is a decision. I'm deciding that I'm going to put my trust in the words of this God who has preserved his word for us from, from, from the very beginnings of time. I make the decision, I believe. I believe. Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, God gave everything to Adam, just handed it to him. Like we talked about before, perfect environment. Now, God knew what was coming, right? Do you think it was a surprise when Adam fell and Eve fell? No, of course not. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. You got it up there? Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, okay? Let us. Now, what's this the very first introduction of? Trinity. Wow, you guys are good. Awesome. Yeah. Very first introduction of the Trinity. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign... King James says, have dominion or lordship over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, the very small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Not 95 different genders. Male and female, he created them. Okay. And don't send me nasty emails because I'll just rip it up. I'll just delete it. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Fill the earth and govern it. Fill the earth and govern it. Not that the earth governs us. Okay. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. So he provided everything, right? Up until this point, Adam has no reason. There's no reason for him to possess any faith. There is not one thing that God has asked him or shown him that he doesn't see with his own eyes, that he can't taste with his own mouth, that he can't touch and feel with his own hands. Everything's there. There's no reason for Adam to have faith. Why? He has no adversity at this point. Adversity doesn't show up until the snake shows up. Now, he's got an opportunity to make a decision. Is he going to listen to the words of the serpent? Or is he going to trust God? You know the decision he made? Okay. Now watch this now. When you were talking before about Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Can you go back to that, Dennis? Hebrews 11, 6. 
Something hit me like a ton of bricks before when you said that. Hebrews 11.6. You got it in your Bible here real quick? Yeah. How many realize it's going to be a long outline? Six, eleven, six. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. I just want to concentrate on that first part. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So in this context here, who's supposed to have faith? We are, right. Without faith, it's impossible. Why does it please God when he sees one of his children operating in faith? Man, I got this picture before when Pastor Tom was talking about this verse. Now go back to, go back to, hold on, Keith. Go back to what we started talking about in the beginning. That God has given us, I, I like to call faith a force. God has given us the force of faith in order to overcome adversity. Because now as soon as sin comes into the world, the earth is not producing by itself anymore. Now all of a sudden, Adam's got to work. He's got to sweat. There's a risk taking that maybe the seeds that he plants are not going to come up. Maybe his cattle are going to die. He now has to operate in the realm of faith. And I'm telling you, ever since that time, this is why the whole story with Cain and Abel is so messed up. Because Abel brings an offering by faith. Cain brings whatever he wants. Did you get that? Why does it please God when we operate in faith? And why is it impossible? Go ahead. I'll let you say it. Because we're operating in trust. We're following what the word says. It'd be good if your microphone was on. Well, because we're operating in trust. We'll and what has what God been says. after? What has God been after ever since Genesis chapter three? Trust, trust, trust us Amen. to trust Him. Why? Because Adam didn't trust God's word; he took and put his trust in the words of the devil. Now, why does it? Why does this, this is the picture that I saw? Why does it please God when we operate in faith? Because when when God sees some sees one of us operating in faith, He goes, "There's one. There's an overcomer." Amen. There, Amen. There's an overcomer. Every time we have an opportunity to operate in faith, we are showing God that we're willing to trust him and that through our faith, we overcome the adversities of this life. And God wants us to overcome the adversities. Well, I just believe that God puts things in our lives to teach us. What, what is this for? What, is there two curriculums? Well, you know, God put this sickness on me so I will learn something. Learn what? What are you going to learn by that other than pain? Well, I'm trusting God through the sickness. He didn't put it on you. He didn't put it on you. So now, why are you going to him about this thing? When he already took it and put it on Jesus at the cross... Within us, it should be a settled thing. And too many times, we'll maybe talk about this more in the future. And again, if anybody's having a question, please, because I'm thirsty again, I got a drink. I, I, have, I have it here. 
we pray for things that we're supposed to command sometimes. We pray for, even, even laying hands on the sick. We ask people so to come up with lay hands and pray for you. He never told us to pray. He told us to lay hands. Now, there's other places where we're told, James chapter 5, we're told to pray for the sick, anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick, and if they commit any, any sin, they'll be forgiven. All right? But we do this a lot. We make all of our adversity about between us and God. Did God bring adversity on the earth? No. Did God bring poverty on the earth? No. Did, God bring, did God introduce sickness on the earth? So why are we going to him? And he's given us the authority. Does you know there's only one time that I know of? If you know of another one, please tell me so I can learn something. I'm willing to learn. I always want to learn. I, the only time I can think that, God, that Jesus ever prayed to God about somebody's situation was Lazarus. And really, he just said, Father, I thank you that you hear me always, but I'm talking to you because there's people around watching me. But I know you're going to do this already. I know it's already taken care of. God's given us faith in order to overcome adversity. He gave us faith to overcome the adversity that we were going to go to hell when we died. That overcame that adversity. When we operated in faith and we said, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe, I know you're real. I know that you did this. I know that you came to this earth. I know that you are the son of God. And what does it do? That relieved us from the situation of we're going to go to hell. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. Somehow some of us think we're born with a clean slate and then you accumulate all these things and then at the end of your life, God looks it over and goes, well, you know, I don't know. No, we're born going to hell. You have to do something to get off that conveyor belt well you, you got me thinking about something how many people here have children or even nieces nephews grandchildren right and when you think about you're, um, as you're talking I'm thinking about a, a, a parent right now, I know one of my daughters right now I'm in, in that season of life where they're getting older one, they're both going one is going to esthetician school one's going away to college in August so keep me in prayer for that please for the grace I believe the grace is there but as a father, what good father would not want his children to have every tool to succeed in life? And when you think about it, it's so true as a good father, like he gave us faith and he wants us to use that faith because he's like, I want you to overcome everything that comes your way. So when you think about it, like just from the natural perspective of a father, a parent, a grandchildren, nobody's like, oh, I don't really care if they succeed or not. No, you want to do every single thing that, that so your children, your grandchildren, whatever, your nieces, nephews can succeed, right? Well, it's the same thing as for our father. Like you said, it just hit me when you're talking about that. Yeah, he's given us faith because he wants us to overcome anything that comes our way. And that's Absolutely. such an amazing thing to think about, right? But think about the love that's yeah. invested in that. Yeah. It's because he loved yeah. us that he gave us that kind of faith. If it was like us, if it was like some of us human beings here, we would have went, you made your bed, sleep in it. You, you listen to the devil? Now go live your life the way the devil wants you to go live.
but he loved us so much that he gave us the ability to believe his promises as ridiculous as they might sound. But he gave us the ability to put our faith and our trust in those promises and then those promises reverse everything that the devil brought into this world. Now you realize, I hope you're grasping this because I, I hope over these next few weeks that we understand and realize how important it is to operate in faith, trust. And that, you know, he never asks us to believe him blindly. He always gives us the evidence. This is all the evidence of who he is. It's true. Hey, just, just trust me. What do you mean just trust you? I don't know you. You ever have a person say to me, trust me, trust me. I don't even know who you are. I don't, know. I don't even know how to spell your last name. You want me to trust you? Well, think about it. In the scripture that just jumps in, it says, for this reason, the Son of God was manifest to destroy, to destroy the works, the of, the works of the evil one. Enemy. What was one of his works, obviously, to get us to not trust him in the first place, like you just said. That must have been, the like, devil must have. For that reason. Could you imagine yeah. how the smile that was on the devil's face that day yeah. when Eve decided, oh, wow, this guy, you know, this serpent, this snake is, is making some sense here. Maybe he doesn't want me to have, maybe he doesn't want me to be like him. Stupid. She was already like him. You and I are not going to overcome the adversities of life until we begin to operate in faith. It's the way it is. Well, Pastor, I think that, you know, as disciples of Christ, we should, we should place more importance on love. Who gets saved by love? God gave us faith to get saved. His very act of giving us that faith, the very act of providing Christ, the very act of providing grace for us that when we, when we exhibit, when we demonstrate, when we operate in faith, bam, it's like a cloudburst of grace that comes over our lives. That's the love of God, that he gave us the ability to not have to go to hell. He gave us the ability to not have to stay bound in an addiction all of our lives. He gave us the ability to not have to wallow in poverty all of our lives. He gave us the ability to not have to suffer with sickness all of our lives. Any questions? Any observations? Any comments? <clears throat> God is love, right? Isn't love the first commandment? Isn't I know that born again. Yeah, oh, he's oh, absolutely again. he's love, and because he's love, he's provided all these things for us. No, but isn't it important that we grow in love? Too? Absolutely. I, but sometimes I think you know people get the wrong idea. Born again, they think well, if God did the work, they don't have to do anything. I mean, I've seen that. I'm not saying that you know. Do you know what I mean? Like they feel well, God did all the work. Just believe in God and, you know, I'll go to heaven. I'm not saying you believe that, but I'm just... I do believe that. Because that's the gospel. I can't earn it. There's no tap dance I can do no, for I'm God. I'm not saying you earn it, but don't, aren't you growing, you know, try to love... You, are you talking about after I'm born again? Well, just in general. No, well, I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I don't know, I'm sure if I'm following you. So you're saying it's important to grow in love, but if you don't have the love of God in you, which happens when you're born again, how can we grow in love? 
See, love, we can't say, well, I love this group of people on this side here. I love them all. So God, because I love them all, now I should come to heaven. Now, because I'm going to heaven and because Christ's spirit lives in me, and Romans chapter 5 says that the love of God's been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Well, when the Holy Ghost came in, that was that salvation. So now once I'm born again, now I can grow in, God, in love because it's God's love. Does that make sense? Does that help you? It's, it's a difficult thing for me because the first commandment, according to Jesus Christ, said... Love the Just Lord love your God with all your heart. With all another. Right. Now, I know born again is, I'm not saying it's not important, because he said. But you're, you're talking about being born again as if it's a category, like, or, or a title or something. To, it's, it's the entrance into our relationship with God. I know, but, but we're supposed to be, I'm not saying because we love more that we'll go to heaven, but shouldn't we be growing our love? Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, right, I'm not saying I'm not that we saying should. I'm not saying that's getting us to have Right, and I'm not saying that we should neglect love. But because God loved us, he gave us faith to overcome the adversities in this earth. And one of, that, one of those adversities was we're going to hell. Anybody else have a question? I read, I read recently in a book uh, by Dr. Roy, remember Dr. Roy Hicks? Dr. Roy Hicks, yeah. yeah from the Foursquare Church. He said, faith isn't faith until it's the only thing you have to hold on to. Amen. That's when you know you're in faith, man. Hello? Okay. It's more of a comment. Um, you know, I was, when I was writing down some notes, I had written down, you know, faith, and then I got an arrow, a decision to commit and trust. And then I put in parentheses, all in, Amen. submission. And then I have, God sees your heart. And I just feel like when you have, when you have faith, God knows you have faith, obviously. Um, but you, you know you have faith. You feel that. Like it's, it's an emotion within you, your love for God. I don't know. That's just, just my thought. I agree. Yeah. Anybody else? Pastor Joe, um, last night in Bible school, Pastor Rick was talking about the power of the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned a couple things. One was Acts 3, 1 to 10, where Peter and John went up to the temple, and there was the lame man there. He picked him up by the hand and basically said, right. rise up and walk, and he was healed. And Jesus told his disciples and us to go and heal the sick. Right. Now, one thing that was also mentioned... But wait, at Dennis, point, did, he, did he say to go pray for the sick? Right, exactly. He did not. <clears throat> Although he does tell us to do that, right? So the point I'm trying to get to is, at one point, somebody mentioned that sometimes it's not the will of the Holy Spirit that the person be healed. That now, was in class last night? So, so it was mentioned, I believe, in class... And so the thing I'm trying to figure out is, how do you well, know, well, well, and, hold is on, that, and is that true? Hold on, Dennis. Yeah. Just because you heard somebody say something doesn't mean it's true. Okay. That's why I'm trying to figure out where is the validity. Of that. I, I, I cannot think of one instance, incident or incident. Just that boggles my mind. Where in the word of God 
Has it ever been the Holy Spirit to say, no, I'm not going to heal that person? Yeah, and I've heard this come up in conversations over the years, and it, and it bugs me because I actually yeah, try to heal a friend of mine. Yeah, just settle it. Just settle it once and for all. It's not true. So my father right now is in a lot of pain. He can barely walk, and he has a whole bunch of issues that I would love to see him healed from. My whole family says, you know, he's, he's going downhill. He doesn't have much time left and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there wondering, can't I, as a believer, lay hands on my father and with all the belief that I have that I know the power is there. And I don't know if I need Pastor Rick or you or somebody to come with me well, you're, you're, and say, listen. You just declared it with your my mouth. My father be healed. Like, because you, you mentioned something earlier about Go not do it. just asking but demanding, commanding that this that the whether it's evil spirits or whatever he says it's not always evil spirits but it could be but demand that he be healed well you command the sickness to go you command the, if there's some kind of a demon you know jesus uh dealt with people that had spirits of infirmity right. which is an evil spirit that masquerades as a disease right um you have that right one of the last things that Jesus said before he went to heaven was that you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So, uh, brother, I tell you, go do it. Amen. Go do it. That's what I want to do. Yeah, Amen. absolutely. Yes, Kristen. Wait till we get a microphone there. How are we doing tonight? Good. We're doing good. Um, so kind of piggybacking off of what Dennis just said. When you're laying hands on someone and you're um, using your authority as a believer to you know, claim their healing, don't they have to be in um, agreement with, with the healing in order to receive the well, healing? Well, obviously, if a, person, if a person says, I don't believe any of that stuff. Now, I have seen it happen where a person said, I don't believe it, and and God did it anyway. Okay. But most of the times, I would say the person would have to at least be neutral. And then also there's like, if you're praying for healing for someone and then they're speaking against that healing and saying nothing but the opposite, it, it almost discredits the healing. You know what God, I mean? God's so, gonna honor their words. Right. Remember what happened in, in Exodus and Numbers? So you can, you can want their healing for them all you want, but unless they're receiving it, it might not the, happen. The person himself has more authority over them, their lives than right. we do. Okay, thank you. Now remember the, the four friends with the paralyzed? Yeah. Yeah. The paralyzed guy's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go for the ride. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's go for the ride. Right. You know, so their faith brought him to Jesus, mm -hmm. and Jesus then took it from there. But I doubt very much if the guy that they were carrying is going like, hey, I don't want this. I'd rather be the way I am. And at least I get a pension and a disability check. <laughs> I doubt if that happened. Yeah. But I know of a person, I personally know of a case where somebody did that. That God, God healed them and then they complained that they were going to lose their health benefits and lose their, and bam, the devil put the thing right back on them a hundred times worse. See, we, you guys just had the teaching this past weekend about power of words. 
And even God himself is not going to go against the words that we speak. The Holy Spirit will, will guide us. The Holy Spirit will warn us. The Holy Spirit will try to get us to change what we're saying. But if a person is insisting, because he's love, and he's given us free choice. That's why we need to be very, very aware of the things that we speak. Not, not to the point of, not in a superstitious way, but just having a, just grasping the reality that God created us as beings that when we open our mouth and we speak, it's just like he spoke. And I know, you know, some religious people have a hard time with that concept, but question? It's not a question, but by example of what we're talking about right now, I had two brothers on their deathbed. One, my wife and I prayed for, and in praying for that person, he rejected it. On the deathbed? I mean on his deathbed. And the other one that we prayed for at a different time, he accepted it, and he lived a few years longer. So I can understand the rejection, and I can understand the exception. Yeah, because God's created every one of us to have authority when we speak. And the devil knows this, just like, you know, I think the devil knows this concept better than we do as Christians. That's why we're living in an atmosphere right now in a culture where we're bombarded with lies. Because the enemy knows if he can get a lie spoken enough, often spoken of often enough, sooner or later some of us are going to rem- that we're going to start believing it. I don't know about you, but I see some of the most ridiculous, preposterous reports coming across online on the internet. It's almost like an insult to your intelligence. It's that same concept. If, you can get, if the enemy can get enough people saying it, sooner or later, somebody's going to start believing it. Somebody else had their hand up there? Yeah, getting back to that concept of praying for healing and, and that faith might help us heal. You know, we speak about trust, too. Sometimes we just have to trust that what's happening to us is, is going to be okay no matter what the adversity that we're going through. Um, I'm, as an example, there's a woman that I know, uh, she's an amazing woman, a woman of faith. She was a lay speaker, gave many sermons, and she's been stricken with ALS. But she is such an incredible woman of faith because despite the fact that she has lost her voice, she can't speak anymore, she comes to church every week with a smile on her face, you know, and she said, I wish I, you know, she, had, she can talk with the computer and she says, I wish I could speak. And I had to say to her, you know, Marilyn, you are still speaking. You, your actions are speaking, your smile and your faith in God. She knows she's gonna die. She is, it's, I mean. Well, we're all gonna die, it's yeah. yeah, but she's, except she's, she's happy in that, in the sense that her faith is so strong that even though she knows her death is coming soon, she is happy in knowing that she's gonna see God. And that's what, what better example of faith than that, so. But, but she herself has said she wished she could speak. True, Right. true, yeah. 
But so, she speaks not with words. But no, she I, I, no, I totally understand. And it's God's grace that is getting her through this. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, I wouldn't suggest that this is something that God has put on her mm -hmm. so that she could demonstrate this wonderful, right. you know, she's doing that by the grace of God. Right. But I would think that the full manifestation of the grace of God would be for her to be restored. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I, uh, I'll be praying for this person myself. Thank and, you. Thank you. Um, but you have the authority to pray and to lay hands on her and speak to the vocal cords or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. And nothing's impossible to God. And, and, and nothing's impossible to those who believe God. Amen. Amen. Anybody else before we wrap this up tonight? Yes, sir. Microphone. Yeah, this just um, explained a lot to me because I go to meetings every day and uh, we always say at the meetings, uh, so faith without work is dead. And uh, I just, it just helped me a lot listening to this because I got my faith back. Amen. 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 So important what you just said. It's Joe, right? So important what you just said. Because so many of us say that we have faith, and we, we, we're building our faith, we're building our faith, but until you either speak or take action, what we claim we believe doesn't have any power to it. I always go back to the woman with the issue of blood, the woman that had that hemorrhage for 12 years. 12 years. And then finally, she received some information. That information became a belief in her. And she did two things. She spoke and she took action. If she didn't speak and take action, no matter how much she believed about this Jesus that she was hearing about, she still would have been sick. I believe it's a classic example that we can all follow because it's so simple. We hear. We form a belief. We begin to speak what we believe, and then we take action. She didn't sit in her living room on her phone, she went to where Jesus was because she's following now on what she claims she believed. We need to do the same thing in everyday life. And it doesn't have to be something dramatic like a hemorrhage for 12 years. It could be a young man building his faith that he can be a good husband someday, a good father someday, a good employee a blessing on his job. We're not going to accomplish anything without faith. Amen. So this is, this is like universal, and it touches and affects every part of our being, every part of our lives. And that's why it pleases God when we operate in faith. Because when the enemy came in and sin was allowed to come into the human experience, it affected every part of our being. It affected us spiritually. It affected us emotionally in our souls. And it affects us physically. And Jesus came to reverse everything that the first Adam did. The second Adam came to reverse everything that the first Adam allowed to come in to the human experience. Amen? Amen. Any last questions before we go? Um, just a quick reminder, too, that... Put your mic up so oh. I can hear you. Thank you, hon. Just a, a, a reminder that... God's word, you know, we have to take him at his word. His word is black and white. There's no gray areas with the word of God. And this is just a, a reminder for when we're like, but what, you know, um, how do I know that when I 
lay hands, you know, this person's gonna get healed or whatever the case is. Um, John 14, 12 says, verily, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these, like how much greater do you get than everything he did? Um, because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever, not some things, whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name because there's power in the name of Jesus Amen. Amen. and I will do it. Come on, but preach. then I was brought back to Matthew and when someone said, oh, you know, the lack of faith, how do I know he's gonna do this? He even, it says here in Matthew 13, 58, that he didn't even do many miracles in his own town because they lack faith. Like in his own town. That's all I gotta say. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Right back there. Thank you, Pastor. I have a testimony. My brother-in-law was sick. He was in fetal position. He was going to die. I brought a, a, a faith cloth, and I went to go visit him in Maryland with a colleague here, and we laid hands on him, and he's healed. During that interim, I had an incident happen to me. I was hemorrhaging. I would not stop driving. I said, I need to go pray for my brother-in-law because I just lost my husband. I want him to go to heaven too. We brought the faith cloth. They go, you have to go to the hospital. I said, absolutely not. I have to pray for my brother-in-law. We healed him. We, did, we prayed for other people, my friend, and um, we drove home. I was still in this condition. I came home. My sister took dinner and everything else, and thank God I was healed. I was bleeding, but I had to get transfusion, but they found nothing wrong with me. And I said, I have to be out of the hospital on Friday because I'm having my husband's memorial. So amen, God is real, and I believe it, and it's for my heart. So thank Hallelujah. you. Hallelujah. But you, you said something, Susan. You said uh, you brought a faith cloth. I don't want anybody here. Or yeah, I know what you meant. I just want, I don't want anybody here walking out of here tonight going, what did that mean? What do you mean a faith cloth? You got the handkerchief from here? We prayed over it? Okay. Acts chapter 19. Verse 11. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So God worked miracles by the hands of a human being. Yes or no? Yes. Am I reading this wrong? Did I say anything that it doesn't say? No. Okay. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. Okay? So understand, we have the right, according to the word of God, and we've done this here as a practice in this church because God said this is the way that he operated through Paul. Paul had faith, yes? yes? We have faith, yes? yes? So what we'll do from time to time, or if someone asks us, we'll take a handkerchief, we'll get a few people around who really believe in God and believe that God could do the same thing through us that he did through Paul. We'll pray over those handkerchiefs. And now there's nothing magical that happens in a handkerchief. It's just a method of obeying by and using our faith to trust that if God did this, and it's recorded for us in Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, 
then we, by faith, can do the same thing. Amen? Amen? Amen. So if you had any question, that's what she was referring to. Terry? Hi, I just wanted to share a quick testimony. My son was only seven years old and used to have suicide tendencies. And thank God I had a city job. I had to run home, bring him to the hospital, have the psychiatrist check him out, and it just kept going on. And I was so busy crying and feeling sorry myself instead of really that God would give me that power. So I started praying on my knees. And this boy, he has a learning disability, dyslexia, so he couldn't get school. P.S., he's now an MTA worker as a mechanic, and God healed him. Yeah, I watched that Amen. miracle. I watched it. So believe me, the power of God is right here in this room. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? I, I just have a quick question. What always uh, made me very curious is Acts 5, 5, 15 to 16, about Peter's shadow, that even the people who were sick in the street... Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, sorry. I could read it. I have. No, I mean in my own personal life, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another manifestation of it. But those are unusual things. You know, we know what we see prevalent in the Word of God. Now, understand, all these things have to be done by faith, okay? But they don't always have to be received because everybody that got healed in Jesus' ministry, none of them were born again yet. That's right. So, um, we have to have faith in the manifestations of the Spirit. Faith in God to produce the manifestations of the Spirit that are covered by the Word of God, okay? Um, but we see in Jesus' ministry, predominantly, we see the laying on of hands and Jesus speaking to those things. Do you want to say any last words tonight? Because I did all the talking here. You know, you know I'm not shy. I'll talk when I... You got to learn how to use the mic. I said, I'm good. I said, you know I'm not shy. I'll talk if I need to. All right. Tonight was one of those nights where I honestly was just, right? I was just kind of taking it in. All right, so why don't you pray and, yeah, so. and dismiss us here. All right. All right. Father, we thank you for uh, this night, Lord thank God. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for, first of all, your goodness, Lord God, but that gift of faith, Lord God, that, that faith that you've given us, Lord God, that we could walk by faith and not by sight, Lord God. Father, I thank you that each person here that you would strengthen them, Lord God, supernaturally, Father, that we would walk in that faith that we talk about. And Father, you would just help us get over that edge. If, if, if some of us here are just uh, having trouble just walking it out, Lord God, and, 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 and just walking out our faith, Lord God, you give us the grace, the supernatural grace, Lord God, uh, to, to walk it out. So, Father, we declare right now that every single person in this room is a person of faith, walking by faith, not walking by fight, but not walking by sight, not looking at the things in the natural, Lord God, but looking, Father, to you, Lord God, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you for strength and supernatural strength for, and, and, and boldness to step out in faith and all of us here to, to, to pray for people when they need prayer and, and to walk out that faith. We thank you, Lord God, for, for safety tonight. We thank you for a blessed week in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if anybody here needs prayer for anything, our prayer team um, is up here to pray for you. If you have never 
received Christ into your life and, and came into that personal relationship, you can come up here. We'll pray for you. But we do not want you to leave here without your needs just met. Calm down for a minute, please. Would everybody just stop where you are right now? Okay, because you could be causing a distraction for somebody. Okay, it's not that late. All right, my sister back there that, that talked about your friend with the ALS, would you come up before you leave? Okay. All right. We finished up talking, obviously, we've been talking about faith, but we talked about these prayer handkerchiefs. If anybody here wants one of those, either for yourself or to bring to a loved one, stay behind here. We'll pray over them. You take, now, you're going to bring it by faith. Don't, don't come if you're going to go, well, let's do it and let's see what happens. No. If you're coming, you're coming because you believe that God's going to use that and that you're going to see results. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you.